0: Reign in me, Sovereign Lord, Reign in me, Reign in me, My Sovereign Lord, Reign in me, Captivate my heart, your kingdom come Establish there your throne Then let your will be done Reign in me Sovereign Lord Reign in me Reign Sovereign Lord, reign in me, reign in me, my Sovereign Lord, please reign in me, captivate my heart, let your kingdom come. Establish there your throne, let your will be done, reign in me, sovereign Lord, reign in me, oh let your kingdom come. Establish there your throne Let your will be done Let your will be done Reign in me My sovereign
1: Father, I just pray for those that join us today on the Kingdom Corner podcast or that come listen today, tomorrow, in the future whenever it may be that you would take the words that we that I speak, the scriptures that I share, the things from my heart and that you would impart it to them that it would be your thoughts with your heart behind it, your words with your words behind it not just my words not just my ideas not just my opinions father just give us hope in this hour just give us joy and and prosperity and abundance in this season lord i'm thinking of what the prophet said though there's no vine in the in the fields there's nothing in the field yet i will rejoice in the lord i will be glad even though it may not look like a time to be glad. It may not look like a good harvest. Lord, we just give this time to you today as we open your word and as we just uh, meditate on the things that I believe would be important for this hour, Lord. Just highlight those things that need to be said. In Jesus' name, amen. Good day, good day, Kingdom Corner. Here with you once again the great Mad Guy from the Pacific Northwest, on a cold day, but it's been sunny. And we're getting now on toward the end of the month of January, the first month of the year. And my, oh my, so many things have happened. And I had promised you a while back that I would make a response to all that's happened in our nation. I had started to do that a couple times and it just did not sit quite right with me. And being a teacher of the, of the Word, really the only way that I can respond is with His Word and praying that His Word would be backed up by His Spirit with His revelation and anointing. And that's what I want to share today. I have some thoughts, I have some thoughts, uh, and I'm going to compare them to Scripture. I'm going to parallel them to Scripture Um that's what I want to speak from. I want to speak from the heart of God. I want to speak from a scriptural view of things and try as much as possible to leave my own feelings and views and opinions out of it, because I have a lot of those things, and I don't always feel like they're, you know, necessarily the heart of God for this very moment, for this very hour. And I just say sometimes, I sometimes we all get off as we, you know, would want to do, because like me i get very excited about different things and i'm very opinionated sometimes and i think in this time god would just to say would just say to us just wait on me in peace wait on me and i will show you of things to come i will enlighten things to your heart i will give you the things you need to dwell on the things you may need to say to people the way you need to respond so That is my introduction, and I'm going to grab my notes over here, and we're going to get started. My, when I began to study this, our response in this hour, you know, there were just so many things that came to my heart, and I've got a lot of scriptures and a lot of thoughts. I'm going to bring another man of God from the Bible into it, because I think, though it was over 2,000 years ago, it's a great example for us to draw some things from. In this hour and what's going on. Let's start out with this scripture. Psalm 2, verses 1 to 3. Why do the nations conspire? Or why do the nations rage? I like that version, and imagine a vain thing. The kings of the earth rise up, and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their chains and throw off their shackles. And I just had to put that scripture in here to start, because I think that's a good picture of where we're at, not just nationally, but on the, in the world as well. A lot of people are raging. A lot of people are upset. A lot of different forces are trying to, you know, burst out and have their own way, break their chains, come upon the scene and say, this is the way it's going to be. You know, since... This November, October, I've heard so many different things and so many different opinions and so many people saying what we need to do, you know, what we really need to do is trust the Lord and, and look to him in this time. Some of my other thoughts, it's just an introduction here. Proverbs fourteen thirty four: righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a disgrace to any people. Proverbs fourteen thirty four. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a disgrace to any people. This is the word of God. This is what God would would say, I believe, about what's going on right now in the world, right now in our nation. the The real plumb line is righteousness, and that's what will exalt the nation. And anything that is sin, and, and you know, there's a lot of things that are going on now that I believe are sin. Not going to get into, right now, a lot of specifics, but that's a disgrace to any people. Proverbs 16.32. Boy, this is needed. This is one for me, because I'm a passionate man. Proverbs 16.32. One who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. Woo. One who rules his spirit than one who captures a city. In this time, in this hour... Are you slow, being slow to anger? Are you slowing yourself down? Are you ruling your spirit, even though inside of you, you, as a Christian, you might be boiling and angry and disillusioned and disappointed? Are you ruling your spirit? It says here that you're stronger than one who captures a city, if you can do that. I've had to pray into that a lot. And then this one, too. Proverbs 25:28, Like a city that is broken into and without walls, so is a person who has no self-control over his spirit like a city that is broken into proverbs 25, 28, and without walls so is a person who has no self-control over his spirit and my oh my that's what we're seeing today people are just um just bursting out with all emotions with all vitriol with all anger there's all kind of we've seen all kind of riots we saw you know, I was so upset when I saw January sixth all the riot that happened at our state capitol and the people breaking things and actually hurting others, and it got to the point where some people, some a woman and a couple men, I believe, were killed because of the outrage, because of the lack of self-control. And that's what it says here. We become, uh, right here, like a like a city without walls. And that's the picture that I saw. Of our country the United States and maybe of the world we're out of control right now and I think God's word in this hour says no matter what is happening and what we see through our eye and hear through our ear gates we must put ourselves under the spirit of his control under his spirit you know we we can't be like those that are just going around and giving vent to every emotion and everything they feel and feeling like they have the right to do definitely wrong things by hurting others and breaking property that's not theirs. Even though they might be angry about things and righteously angry, that doesn't mean they can then go and act in a wrong way. Righteous anger should never lead to de- destruction of property like that or hurting people. And I was reminded of the, of a movie I watched a number of years ago called We Were Soldiers Once, and it was about this... Um, this army group that was first part of the Vietnam War, uh, the Air Cav, they were transported into Vietnam to try to hunt down a brigade or a division of uh, of um, Vietnamese soldiers, and they were dropped down into this battle zone, and uh, they found a force that was far greater than they were, and it was all they could do from being completely overrun and destroyed, and and they kept calling when the battle got really hard, hot really tense and really in doubt they kept calling the call phrase broken arrow broken arrow so the the uh what that meant was so that those above flying support and trying to give them support and and trying to you know push back the enemy through the air by uh you know attacking the enemy in the air and get them off their own troops broken arrow meant that the enemy had infiltrated their ranks. And so broken arrow meant don't shoot now, you're going to be shooting some of our soldiers, is, is the basics of what it meant. And I think we're in that place right now in the United States and the world. Broken arrow. We have been overcome and overrun in a lot of ways by evil forces, you know. And, and Yet, that, that doesn't mean it's hopeless. In the end, that uh, army group got out of there. They were victorious. It was a very hard fight, but they, they, that, it was broken arrow. you know, Proverbs 17.27, and this is, we're going to segue into the story from the Bible, the account from the Bible, the man of God I want to talk about. One who withholds his words has knowledge, and one who has a cool spirit That's the way this translation said, is a person of understanding. Boy, do we need that now. One who withholds his words. In other words, he's not quick when he sees something or hears something or she sees something or hears something to jump right in and just spout off a bunch of words and a bunch of thoughts without thinking. And in our case, without really praying about what they should say and without really relying on the word. Words of God. One who withholds his words has knowledge. And one who has a cool spirit is a person of understanding. Boy, we need people of that right now. The cool spirit phrase, or um, let me see, has a cool spirit. In the, in the Hebrew is the word yakar for that phrase. It means valuable, excellent, like a precious stone, bright, heavy, splendid, glorious, a transparent authentic rare weighty influential cool of temper and proverbs 315 when it talks about the uh, seeking wisdom and it's personified as a wo- as a woman it says she is more precious than because a lot of this a lot of this word is used for jewels she is poor, more precious than a precious stone or yakar She's more precious than that, that wisdom is, and I would tie that right back into what we're talking about today. One who has a cool spirit, one who has wisdom. That's what we need, people of wisdom on the scene today, people that are in control, that have control of their spirits. Um, that's what we need more than anything else. Your car, valuable, excellent, bright, heavy, glorious, transparent, you know, honest, of integrity. So having said that, that's an introduction to what I want to talk about. And I see from my lesson today and what I have to share, I have so much to share. We're going to come back in another, another podcast, the next one, and we're going to finish this up because I think it's really important to have a response to what is happening now. I think that's very, very important. And the title, I titled this, "...shall not the judge of all the earth do right?" "...shall not the judge of all the earth do right?" And that's based on uh, Genesis eighteen twenty-five, and about five or six verses there, where if you go in there and read, you'll see that Abraham, God said, He says, well, Abraham is, you know, shall I not consider Abraham and what I am doing? And it's actually like God went down and had a conversation with Abraham Because he, and I'm paraphrasing here, because he was ready to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And you know, Abraham had the courage, the audacity, uh, you know, the stand, the fortitude, if you will, to actually stand there and bargain in intercession for the people of Sodom and Gomorrah. He went from like 50 people, Lord, if there's 50 righteous, will you spare Sodom and Gomorrah? The Lord said, yes. If there's 40, Yes. If there's 30, he got the Lord God, he got Abba down to 10, you know, and he said, Abraham said, because he was trusting God, shall not the judge of all the earth do right, no matter what, you know, and he got God down to 10 people, and yet there were not 10 people righteous in Sodom and Gomorrah anymore very sad thing you read in the next chapter they had to go in and rescue abraham's uh would be his nephew lot and his family because they were living in i believe it was the area of sodom and gomorrah and they had to rescue them from that place um shall not the judge of all the earth do right now i'm going to go to another scripture and i'm going to introduce what we're what we're really going to get into and bring some points that I think will be very helpful for like I said making a response to what's been going on since you know October November you know since the elections and I'm going to use this man as an example Daniel 5:12 then king belshazzar was greatly troubled his countenance was changed and his lords were astonished the queen because of the words of the king and the lords came to the banquet hall the queen spoke saying O king, live forever. Do not let your thoughts trouble you, nor let your countenance change. See, this king that that was, that was Daniel was serving had had a dream that he was very troubled about. And so the queen went in there to comfort him and said, There is a man in your kingdom, verse 11, Daniel 5, 11, in whom is the spirit of the holy God. See, I, I, I had verse Daniel 5, 12 here, but we're actually starting like at verse 9, reading. O king, live forever. Do not let your thoughts trouble you, nor let, nor let your countenance change. There is a man in your kingdom in whom is the spirit of the holy God. And in the days of your father, light has light and understanding and wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods that were found in him. And King Nebuchadnezzar, your father, your father the king, made him chief of the magicians, magicians, astrologers, Chaldeans, and soothsayers, inasmuch as an excellent spirit, there's that word again, just like before, we're going to look into that a little bit, excellent spirit, he has an excellent spirit, of knowledge, understanding, interpreting dreams, solving riddles, explaining enigmas. These were found in Daniel, whom the king named Belshazzar. Now let Daniel be called, and he will give the interpretation. See, the background here is, I've studied this a little bit, Belshazzar was the king after Nebuchadnezzar, really. Actually, there was another king, but it's not mentioned in Daniel. And, and so Daniel had already shown himself to be a faithful um, steward in in the kingdom of Babylon for these kings. And he had a reputation. He had, like I said, an excellent spirit. And when we look at that, it, it's really related to that other word that I had just shared with you, the other word, Uh, Yakar, from Proverbs 17.12, this word is the Aramaic word, and it's a little different, and it it relates a little bit. Yatur, Yatar, or Yatur. Yatur, Aramaic, means preeminent, exceeding, abundant, abundant, full, and plentiful. That's what it means. So Daniel had a spirit that was preeminent, Full of very plentiful, abundant, and uh, exceeding. That was that, Daniel was full of that, and it radiated out of him. And, he, he, you know, people in the kingdom, he had that reputation already, but when they were around him, it didn't take them long to see that. As you read through Daniel, you, you're evident that there's a... Um, Daniel was the kind of man, when he walked into the room, people took notice. And just like these other scriptures said, he knew how to keep, you know, keep from saying a lot of words. He had a cool spirit, and yet just his very presence, people knew that he carried something, that he had a weight, there was a weight within him. And Daniel's name meant, and I want to get into this a little bit before we close out today, that's the title too, Daniel's name meant, God is my judge, God is my judge, and I, I chose the title shall not the judge of all the earth do right so daniel would say god is my judge the judge of all the earth when he would come in to be um brought in to give advice and to give interpretations of dreams i he was relying on god god was his judge he wasn't giving his own opinion his own thoughts he might have you know, been tempted by what was going on because it was an ungodly kingdom in Babylon to get upset, but he didn't get upset. Those are words we need right now in this hour. You know, are are we letting God be the judge or or is it our opinion, our idea, our thought, because these people are doing this or these people are doing that? Um, I think I've talked about it maybe before. I'm going to say it right here, just as an example. One of the main, main things with the administration that has uh, come into the White House that uh, I think is is so sad, is they're very, they have a platform that's really for abortion rights for ladies, okay? And I'm against abortion. We've killed millions and millions and millions of babies since, uh, what, the 70s, since the 60s through abortion. And I think there's other solutions. I think adoption would be a solution. But my point about this is, you know, can we legislate this as a law, abortion? You know, I'm kind of getting off on a rabbit trail. Can you really legislate that? I don't think we can legislate it. I don't think you can, even though we have this um, lady, Comey, that's on the judges, she's with the Supreme Court now, we might be able to vote that out. Unless men's hearts are transformed and changed. I'm not saying I'm for abortion. I'm, I'm not happy that it's that they're behind it with this administration. But I really don't think unless there's a real transformation of men and women's hearts in this nation that's brought on by the Holy Spirit, that's brought on through revival, I don't think that will change. You know, they tried to legislate back in the 20s um, the prohibition of alcohol. How did that work? Go look it up. Go read about it. Didn't work. Because you can't make those things law. I mean you can, but it's not going to work unless men's and women's hearts are transformed. That's my word on that. So God is my judge. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? Okay. And let's look at some of the words in the in the original languages of Hebrew and Greek for judge or, or judgment. Deon is one word. A judge is a discerner. First that's the main meaning of that day on that Hebrew word, discerner. Lord therefore be a judge 1 Samuel twenty four fifteen. Psalm sixty eight five, a father of the fatherless and a judge or discerner of the widows. In other words, he was discerning uh, this kind of judge judgments, discerning their needs, being sensitive to their needs knowing what they needed, and that's when we're saying God is my judge. That's what we need. We need God's discernment. We need his sensitivity to the needs in our nation and the needs of people right now. Another word uh, is pelil. Pelil means a sifter. Exodus 21, and he shall pay as the judge or the sifter determines. In other words, he's going to weigh it out. He's going to sift out what does he need to pay, and what did he do or not do, and what's the penalty going to be? That's what that word is talking about. Job 31 and 11, an iniquity to be determined by the judge or sifter. You know, he's going to weigh it out. What 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 is the right kind of penalty? You know, oh, we need that today. We need somebody that can really sift through what's going on and make the right kind of judgments and determinations, and not something in their own mind, Okay. The main word used over 200 times in the Old Testament is shafat, which is actually the word for judge, those that act as a magistrate. Uh, And it has these connotations, to plead, condemn, execute, deliver, defend, render judgment, act as a lawgiver, make a decision on something, govern, be governor, discriminate, a theophanic advent, For final judgment. We're talking about God bringing final judgment. Litigate, reason, rule. The root word means to set up or erect. In other words, you're setting up or erecting a standard. That's what a real judge, it's a Hebrew word, shafat shafat does. Okay. Shall not the judge, and this is what I, I quoted to start, Genesis eighteen twenty five. this was Abraham. He was giving the judgment over to God. He had his own opinion of what should be done with Sodom and Gomorrah. He wanted mercy. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? Okay, shall not the shafat of all the earth do right? Psalm 56, all the heavens shall declare his righteousness, for God is a shafat of all the earth. And the book of Judges, all those judges in there, thats all a story about different judges rising to power over Israel. The time of the judges, they were all shofats, or magistrates that were anointed by God to lead the nation of Israel. They regis- They rendered judgment, okay? They made a decision. I want to emphasize here, though it's in view, especially in the Old Testament, that there is judgment involved. You know, judgment, I mean... There is judgment in a negative way or a punishing way that seems to be the bend or the uh, you know the interpretation. A lot of times, the way we look at the Old Testament, God is bringing judgment. The judgment really meant uh, to erect. I, I said is the um, is the root word to erect to set a standard. Really meant to look at an issue without any bias and judge it whether it was good or whether it wasn't. It's kind of like there was a gentleman that recently built a fence for me. I paid a lot of money for that fence. I came out after he was done, before I paid him, and I rendered judgment on his work, whether it was good or not. And it was very good, okay? Judgment isn't... And David used to pay play, pray, I'm sorry, for judgment all the time in the Old Testament, and he was praying for God to come look at his life and the things in his life to render you know, a judgment or a decision to see if he stood up to the test, as it were. That, I really want to get that across to you when we're talking about judgment. This, this shafat is used over 200 times in Scripture. Psalm seven, eight through eleven. We're going to be done here in a minute. You are the exalted one who shafats the people. See, he's looking at the people. He's he's looking whether they meet the standard of, of of his laws and what he wanted of them in the Old Testament. So vindicate me publicly. Okay, this this is actually um David praying, I believe, Vindicate me publicly and restore my honor and integrity before all the people. Declare me innocent. See, David believed he was innocent. David believed he was righteous in this instance. Once and for all, end the evil tactics of the wicked. Reward and prosper the cause of the righteous. Boy, do we need that today, do we not? That's what's important. For you are the righteous God, the soul searcher, who looks deep into every heart. You examine the thoughts and the motives. See, it's not up to me. It's not up to what I think I see out of my eye gate and hear out of my ears. I mean, sometimes that tells me things, but really, he's the one who really knows. God, your wraparound presence is my protection and my defense. You bring victory to all who reach out for you. Righteousness is revealed every time you shafat, every time you judge, because he's making a right judgment about things, Okay. Because of the strength of your forgiveness, your anger does not break out every day, even though you are a righteous shafat, you know. Uh, That's a beautiful scripture. And this, this is David praying, but it also speaks of the greater David, Jesus Christ. This is messianic here. You know, he's talking about him being, Christ being vindicated, okay. Psalm 9, 8. He will issue his decrees of judgment. Declaring what is right for the entire world. Dispensing justice to all. See, it's not up to a man. It's not up to a king. It's not up to a government to dispen- to determine in the end what's right for all. He's the righteous judge. He's the one that makes the right call on things. Psalm eight. All rise, for God now takes his place as Shaphat, judge of all the earth. Don't you know that everything and everyone belongs to him? The nations, here's this other word we talked about. I don't know if it's translated the same, but he's using this word. The nations will be sifted in his hands. So he's going to determine, are they meeting the standard? You know, Are they living up to the righteous standard, which is Jesus Christ? Well, let's look at the New Testament word before we quit. Uh, the New Testament, we looked at Shaphat. We looked at another couple miscellaneous Hebrew words. Krino means to separate, put asunder, to pick out, to select, to choose, to approve, to esteem, to prefer, to be of an opinion, you know, you, to think of something, to be an opinion of something. See, we, we creano things ourselves as human beings to determine, to resolve, to decree, to judge, to pronounce your own opinion concerning right or wrong. That's what I'm talking about today. That's what's so important. I don't want to bring my own opinion but i want the heart of god i want what his crino his opinion and heart would be to be judged summoned to the trial that one's cause may be examined well, that's what i was getting at a little bit earlier and judgment passed upon it to be judged i e summoned to trial that one's case may be examined and judgment passed upon it that's what we're going to look at what's going on in our society today I don't want my idea of what I think it should be to judge that or to examine it and pass judgment on it. I want it to be uh, the plumb line, to be the word of God and to be what God would say, to pronounce judgment, to subject to censure of those who act a part of judges or arbitrad- arbiters I'm sorry, in the matters of common life. They pass judgment on deeds and words of others. Also, to rule or to govern, to preside over with the power of giving judicial decisions because it was the prerogative of kings and rulers, to pass judgment, to contend together as of warriors and combatants do, to dispute in a forensic sense. See, when you're doing a forensic thing, if you've seen some of these shows on TVs, you're examining it, you know, under a microscope, you're examining the You know, the evidence of of the blood and the cells and all those things. You're really taking a look at it. To go to law, have suit at law, to esteem, to separate, put asunder, damn, select, pick out. See, sometimes when we judge, we do damn a thing. In the end of time, when there's the great judgment seat of Christ, some people will be damned, unfortunately, because they haven't met the criteria, not because God is... I wouldn't say he's necessarily mad, but he will be disappointed. He might be mad because they didn't accept what he offered. But um, it's going to be based on whether they met the standard, which is whether they gave their lives to Jesus Christ. You know, whether they accepted the, the sacrifice blood of Jesus on the cross and said, you know, I'm a sinner and I need that sacrifice. I need that blood atonement for my sin. And I accept you as Savior. Matthew 7, 1-2. We'll stop here. Judge not. Crino not. He's talking about in your own mind here. That you be not crinoed or judged. For with what judgment or crino you crino, you will be crinoed. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. If you're measure, If you're judging through your own heart and mind. And a lot of people right now, in the things we're going through, that's what they're doing. They're using their own thoughts, their own opinions, maybe things they've heard from other people that they're parroting. But God wants us to judge things, judge what's going on now, and what our response should be, and what our reaction should be, and what our heart should be for, for the people of this world and for our governments uh, through His eyes. So, with that, I'm going to close today. Going to come back next week, and we're going to talk about the purpose, perseverance, and prosperity of Daniel and his three friends in a perverse land. That will really tell us a lot. The purpose, perseverance, and prosperity of Daniel and his three friends in a perverse land. Thank you, my friends, for joining us here at the Kingdom Corner podcast. Be blessed.